0: Anthony with a pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two and he makes it. That's has been his game his whole career by look at him smiling. Go, My bad. Bad. <laughs> the long two bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Long Two. I am Pete Rogers. He is Natty Wallach and we are a Carmelo Stantity podcast that occasionally talk uh, fantasy basketball. Natty, how you doing today? Howdy, what's up, Pete? How are you? I am good. I am, as I said, I am tired, and I think a lot of that has come from just constantly checking my phone today, knowing that shit is on the verge of just completely going down in the NBA. We've already seen some trades, which we will talk about, but I feel like the the place to start on today's podcast even though ultimately in all likelihood when you guys actually listen to the show we're recording this tuesday night it comes out wednesday morning likely these uh maybe these rumors will be substantiated and we will actually the rockets will be a completely different looking team but for now the rockets have james harden have russell westbrook there are now a plethora of trade rumors going about Harden seems to, well, we'll start with Harden. Harden rejected $50 million a year for two years uh, reportedly and is basically pushing himself to get traded to the Nets, but also the Sixers are in it. And now reports are coming out that the Celtics are desperately trying to trade Gordon Hayward and Kemba Walker for young players and picks so that they can (laughs) then make a package for Harden. Um, So this is just, (laughs) that all is happening. And then my phone, just before we started recording, Natty, my phone gives me a buzz, and Shams tweets out that uh, there is preliminary talks between the Rockets and the Wizards for a John uh, Wall-Russell Westbrook swap. Really? Really? Fucking really. Wow. Wow. (laughs) this this NBA season is is I mean this offseason is absolutely insane and it's a month long and it's all getting jam-packed into it I think that if the NBA can find any way of like making this a annual thing they definitely should because having all of this action thrust into like one month is just incredible uh television yeah it's
1: like the people that advocate Uh, trimming our election seasons down to just like a dead sprint three months and that's all you get like for campaigning and for an election like that's (laughs) one of the arguments in favor because it would be nuts and just breakneck speed this is fast feels a little bit panicky especially with the bucks moves they paid a lot for drew holiday but let's stick with houston um the Westbrook for wall trades sort of seems like just rearranging deck chairs. Yeah, I, Like that doesn't really move the needle too much for me, unless they know, unless the wizards know that wall isn't as close to being healthy as they think. Um, in which case Houston would, you know, presumably know that too. Right. But the news is hard and it's, yeah. it's tough to say no to $50 million, even though like they, offered an extension so it would be tapped on to his already existing contract so it's not like he said no to the next two years following this year you know it's like added on to his already present right. contract but it's still hard to say no to 50 million dollars
0: $50 million, i last time i, checked I mean maybe it's easy fucking- maybe. <laughs> maybe yeah
1: but i don't know i don't know i've never <laughs> been in that situation no one's ever maybe offered me, you yeah. 50 million dollars I mean, I think there's a part of me that would just give him the finger and say, I don't need it. (laughs) But And Harden maybe doesn't. Um, He'll get paid no matter what, obviously. Harden to the Nets seems like a big controversial move to a lot of people. But what it's really doing is getting another top 10 player to add to a top 10 and top 15 player and talent tends to win out and Harden has played with these guys before in different settings he's also known to have complained about the style of play that the Rockets sort of fell into um D'Antoni just didn't call plays you know so it's like Harden's the guy who's out there running the offense so he does what he thinks he needs to to win having a stronger coach stronger is the wrong word, but um, a more play oriented coach, someone who's determined to spread the ball around like presumably Nash would be um, might help Harden's change of game style, especially because it's not like Harden's dumb. Like he, he's one of the smartest players in the league and there's no real reason why someone at his talent level who has also played in a different way before he's come off the bench before he's played with Kevin Durant before he's played with other high usage players before. There's no reason to think that he can't adapt like other people adapt. And this is the final thing I'll say about this for the haters. Kevin Durant hasn't made a single mistake in his basketball career. He hasn't made a single error. Why should we not trust him now? This wouldn't happen without Kevin Durant saying yes. Maybe it's happening without Kyrie saying yes. I have no idea about that. But that's always the aura around Kyrie stuff. It's, you know, people project on him because he plays a little coy and says some not impolite but curious things sometimes. That's a nice but, way to phrase it, yes. Well, you know, I mean, everybody's phrasing gets distorted by the media to a certain extent. (laughs) Yes, that's true. But like Kevin Durant chose to play with Kyrie Irving and now he's choosing to play with Harden. And I really don't know why we should doubt him. You know, it's like when LeBron wants to play with someone like the Schroeder trade, like LeBron wanted to play with Dennis Schroeder. Okay. That convinces me. Sure. Like get it done. He knows how to play so that he brings out the best in perimeter players. He shows it over and over and over again. LeBron does. And KD is going to be the same way. So I think the most interesting thing of this possible trade to me, isn't the hate it's that both Kevin Durant and Kyrie are coming back from injuries. Mm.
0: So will harden actually end up playing the most minutes on the team. And that might be the, like that might be the impetus that, we're kind of overlooking right now is that if you add Harden now, this load of, of minutes of the offense, all of that doesn't fall on a recovering KD and a recovering Kyrie shoulders. Instead Harden could like, I think that's such a good point that you brought up is that, Like, we don't know what KD is like. Everyone, from all reports, it sounds like KD is like as good as ever coming back from an Achilles, which is would be extremely impressive. Like, that is an injury. We talked about it on last week's show. That's an injury that has completely torpedoed people's careers before. So not an easy injury to recover from. And then for Kyrie, Kyrie seems like he is kind of stepped into these just like he might just be need to be managed throughout his career now in terms of minutes, just because he seems to always kind of have ailments or something's tweaked or something's up. Uh, That was certainly the case with his final year with the Celtics and and obviously with the first year with the Nets. And so, having that third star, it might be less of what people are anticipating. Where it's like, oh my gosh, how are they going to spread the minutes? How is it? How are you going to? How are all these guys going to get their touches? It's like, well, what you might do is you might have games where it's like Harden and KD play, and then you might have games where Harden and Kyrie play, and maybe you even have games where KD and Kyrie play. Like you might, especially with this you know quicker season that's starting in December, uh, you you just might have games where you know, it might be a rotation where KD and Kyrie just, like, don't play full games, and that's a lot – and that's, you know, keeps Harden obviously still as a central figure. And then once you kind of get into an – you know, once you get later in the season, once everyone's healthy, once they have minutes under them, and then you can kind of start seeing what these these players are. But for this first season, like, it might be a whole season thing where you're kind of, like, managing – especially KD. I feel like KD is the biggest commitment for the Nets. Like, he is – when healthy, he is the best player in the NBA. I like. I don't feel like that's a discussion. I know Giannis exists. I know LeBron still is doing it at forty five hundred years old. But like KD, fully healthy, on point, is I think just the best player in the NBA. And that is a guy that you want to make sure is ready to go for your franchise at all times. So I think he's going to be the biggest, um, you know, the biggest factor here in terms of uh in terms of his health and what you said I think he's definitely behind the scenes being like if James Harden this is the other thing too this is this is this certainly is true with Russell Westbrook and I feel like it is true with Harden where it's like maybe you don't love watching the way they play like you don't love their game but every single team would want to have should want to go get James Harden if he's available James Harden is a top five player in the NBA right now. And like any team would be stupid not to try to go get him. And so if he's available and he's explicitly saying, I want to be in Brooklyn, the Nets would be stupid to not like, and they, and they all reports are showing that they're basically like, take whatever you want, like have all of our draft picks, have (laughs) Karis Levert, have, you know, have fucking everyone. We don't care. uh, As long as we've got KG Harden and uh, Kyrie. They,
1: The lesson that they learned from the Celtics Nets trade with Garnett and Paul Pierce is that like, you know what? You can turn it around actually kind of quick. Like this is Brooklyn. We can get butts in seats. People do pay attention. It's a big market. People do like it here. Um, Harden is a warrior when it comes to games played. He's played like 77 games.
0: He's been incredible year in season. Yeah.
1: Yeah. um, The devil's argument is that that's why he peters out in the playoffs because he carries such a big load but you know he'll be managed in terms of his load just by sharing you know like there's there's absolutely no doubt that people have to change how they play when they play with stars everybody does even fellow stars like lebron even has to change how he plays depending on the context of his team you've seen it his entire career smart players can do this there's no rule that says that harden will like will will get make himself get traded to the nets and then refuse to play it you know in a way conducive to team wins like that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me um especially because if he is going to defer to anyone it's going to be to someone like kevin durant or to lebron like established players who everyone sort of agrees are better Kevin Durant is a seven footer who can defend the best wings in the league and shoot over everybody he can play with everyone no matter what their style is he's already played with Harden um under different circumstances in OKC but still so he's easy to play with really um Harden's eclectic Kyrie's eclectic but That's what coaching is for, you know? Like you have to, it really seems like D'Antoni didn't have a strong enough hand, and that's what ended up allowing people to get into bad habits and just sort of, you know, go in without real offensive plans. But the fact that Harden even wants out after being so successful in Houston should tell you about how he feels about the current state of that team. And again, like Harden, Kyrie and KD are three top 15 players. They'll do just fine. They will make the playoffs. You know, if everyone's healthy, Mm -hmm. they'll be able to stack the rest of the team. They don't need that much. um, Even if the Nets do end up sending absolutely everything, like who cares? You can get dudes. It's fine. So I, you know, it would also be incredible to watch. I'm really hoping that it happens um because i i do want harden to be able to prove the haters wrong he's one of the oh, best yeah. players who's ever lived and it's just sort of weird to blame him for everything on the rockets when you know that the coach and the front office massage things so that that
0: could happen and so i want to i have something has dawned on me Natty, and it has me thinking i am wondering do you also, D'Antoni is an assistant coach.
1: That's Brooklyn, exactly the way, what now. I was going to say. <laughs>
0: yeah, is Harden's yeah. is Harden's problem with the Rockets? Organ like was it with? Did he like D'Antoni? Is he trying to go back to D'Antoni? Is D'Antoni a factor here? Like you can't, it's you can't ignore the fact that D'Antoni gets fired. And the team that Harden is pushing to go to is the Brooklyn Nets, which ultimately obviously have KD and Kyrie. And like, yes, if you want to go play with a star or if you want, like, yes, that is a a terrific landing spot. It's in the East. You're in a big market. You are you're doing the best. But like it also Mike D'Antoni is there as an assistant coach.
1: And Kyrie has already said, like, we're all the coaches upon the hiring of Steve Nash. Here's the thing, though. It doesn't fucking matter who else is on that team. Kevin Durant is on that team. Kevin Durant has more chips than Kyrie. Kevin Durant is a better player than James Harden. Kevin Durant is that team. If he's healthy, they will go to the playoffs and be a formidable force. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that even 90% of him, or I guess even 80%, depending on how bad the recovery is, is enough to make that team really, really fucking dangerous. Oh, yeah. But on the other hand, like it's sort of easy just to dismiss these coaches if you're sort of all coming from a culture where like, oh, well, I don't like this team, so I'm going to leave, or uh, my coach hasn't told me what to do anyway. But Kevin Durant is coming from, you know, Steve Kerr. Right. Like he's co- he's coming from a team where he sees how everybody can fit together and how beautiful that can be. So I really think he's going to be the driving force for all of this. It's sort of like so after LeBron left Miami, like he knew how to make a championship team and what you needed to do. So I think yeah. this
0: is going to look very similar to post Miami LeBron. I think I think um, you're right. I just I think it I I think that maybe there wasn't that bad of a relationship between Harden and Dan Tony. Yeah. And now the rumors are that
1: Harden like doesn't like the owner in Houston because he's a big Trump guy.
0: Uh, The pieces are falling together, Natty. That's what we do here on the podcast is we, we put the pieces together. I mean, that would
1: explain a few things uh, like the fact that Maury got the fuck out of there and was like, I want to spend time with my family. Actually, I'm moving to Philadelphia. Psych, and I'm, I'm going, going to try it. to trade for Harden right away. Yes. Um, also, Houston just traded Rob Covington. They, they traded did. him to the Trailblazers, which I'm in love with. Just absolutely in love 100% with 100% in on it. And so it sort of seems like this is going to happen for Houston no matter what. Like, it doesn't – I think – if the Westbrook for wall thing happens, (laughs) I'm here for it. Like I could see Houston keeping Westbrook while trading Harden because I actually sort of feel like if, if Houston can get everything from Brooklyn, then Houston's roster maybe isn't that bad. Like it's not, yeah. A see, I think threat for the title, but it's, it seems like it would be a playoff team. Like there's solid to above average guys all
0: up, all up and down. They kept it. See, I think that, I think, I think if I were the Rockets, I would look and see what the, what happened to OKC last year, where it's like, you sold your pieces. I mean, mainly it was just Westbrook. Um, But you got back Chris Paul and you had a bunch of young players and you were like, well, let's just see what happens. And you make the playoffs, which is great. Oh. Good experience and all. But then you just sell, and we'll talk about CP3. Uh, in fact, maybe this is a delightful transition into it. But then you trade CP3 to, to the Suns, which I am right. in love with. We're going to talk about that. Incredible. Phoenix Suns, jump on the bandwagon now before we run out of space. Um, and I wonder if the Rockets are just going to be like, all right, let's just get rid of everyone. Get rid of everyone. Have a team of young, scrappy players, basically the you know Brooklyn Nets back when they were fun and enjoyable to root for have a shit ton of picks for the next like 15 years and let's bottom out and really try to like find our own stars rather than clinging on to Russell Westbrook. Who's going to take us maybe past the first round of the playoffs with, with a decent, you know, side crew. Um, I just think, I think it's, you don't want to be caught in that middle ground if I were the Rockets. And I, I just think that trading James Harden, is a number one sign that you're like we're done we're rebuilding get ready fans and so there's no reason to keep westbrook as any kind of like get we're still trying it's like if i were a fan i'd be like no fuck it get rid of everyone get rid of westbrook get rid of Harden. get all the pieces you can and let's just see what happens with this young ass squad as we're doing something totally different and then we'll go from there because i think what okc (coughs) okc did that last year they had chris paul chris paul was much better than maybe people anticipated and took that team to the playoffs, to the bubble. And then you're kind of like, and then what do we see this off season? I mean, we are, they weren't really going to keep CP three because he moves that timeline so much when they have all those young guys. And so they traded Chris Paul, they traded Dennis Schroeder. And now let's talk about this Natty, because the Shea Gilchrist Alexander hype train <laughs> Is off the fucking rails because he is going to be, I'm calling it right now, this is the Shea Gilders Alexander All-Star year. It's happening.
1: They're going to this is the team that made sure, made absolutely certain that Russell Westbrook was going to win the MVP. They designed their entire fucking team around it. They will dedicate themselves to a player in a season when they no they can't win the title just to up the value of the player that's probably what they're going to do with sg i mean unless they come 100%. out of this with another good team and i would i would like to say this when chris paul signed that contract on the clippers everybody said it was untradeable they said the same thing about blake griffins contract too, yeah, by the let's, way since yeah, then cp3 has been traded 3 times westbrook's yeah. contract is not going to seem as onerous next offseason. So if Houston just keeps him this year and maybe they have a decent year and you know they're sort of rearranging their team anyway, maybe they make the playoffs if they're lucky and you know Westbrook gets to be a high usage player, maybe compete for the MVP again because what the hell does Houston have to lose? And then next offseason you get to trade him just like Oklahoma city did with Chris Paul, like next off season is going to be crazy because there's going to be a lot more movement. Some teams aren't going to get the players they want. Maybe they'll take a flyer on Russell Westbrook who will still be a good player. Um, you should never discount how smart the OKC front office is. I do yeah, agree that this is going to be like, they're going to do everything they can To make sga look as good as possible because the thing about a rebuild is you want to make the destination attractive so it's in their interest to show the world that shy gilgis alexander is good and that people should want to come play with him so like you can have all the picks in the world if you don't do anything with them then what actually is what are they worth you know like orlando's always picking you know in the lottery like what they have good players but it, it's not a
0: destination so for, OKC. For, go for ahead people who for people who don't know shea gillis alexander uh if you were living under a rock last year or just didn't pay attention to the oklahoma city thunder he good 19 points a game yes. six boards a game three and a half assists a game almost two stocks a game while shooting 44 Almost fifty percent from the field, thirty four percent from three. Shane Elgers Alexander is fucking good, and he is going to. And he now has the full range of this offense. Like no one else is, no one else is in that backcourt who to who's going to you know monopolize any of his time. He is the guy that they are building around.
1: Now that's the one danger I think in this. Uh, what we think is the plan is that now, yeah, SGA is solo. Like, you're not going to have Chris Paul. You're not going to have Dennis Schroeder. You're not going to have Danilo Gallinari. You're not going to have... Maybe you don't have Steven Adams. I don't know. Um, There's a real possibility that it's too much for a still very young player. So it's not... Like, I do think they should do sort of like a soft rebuild. Like, don't make your team incredibly shitty and just say, all right, SGA, we'll do whatever you want. Like, you should still try to give him provide competent pieces around him and i think because okc has so many picks that you might see them make a trade to get a, a
0: another good player mm-hmm. well like, they got i mean they got ricky rubio and kelly Oubre from the Suns in that trade i think i don't know do they need to re-sign Oubre? is Oubre an unrestricted free agent or or a restricted free agent i think he's a restricted free agent right he wouldn't be able to have been traded otherwise there's so I mean, you could see them
1: packaging both Rubio and Ubre out. You know, like because that's the thing. Like, do you want to keep good players, especially just for one year? Right. Um, and Rubio's great. Rubio's a really good player, and he will help us. Kelly Ubre, I like a lot, but it's like you should never let someone like Ubre be the guy
0: that holds up a trade if you can do no. better. No, but so, I do love Kelly Ubre. I mean, he's a he's a fantasy boyfriend of mine. Love that man.
1: And the other thing is that the West is so monumentally fucking lethal this coming season, presumably. So how hard does OKC want to fight for a playoff spot? They surprised some people this past year, not us. We were calling it all year. Um, But there's there are reasons not to tank, but just not to try as hard as maybe you otherwise would.
0: Yeah. Uh, A quick little bit of fantasy. You know, chit chat. Obviously, I am super high on Shea Gilders Alexander. I think that he should be someone that you should be targeting in all of your drafts, uh, just because the usage is going to be there, and he's an extremely good player. Natty, out of the Chris Paul trade specifically, then we'll talk about all the moves that the Bucks made. But out of the Chris Paul trade specifically, is there anyone else who you feel felt feel like their fantasy value get a got a big uptake because of it, or maybe a or a downtick because of it? Let me ask you this, Pete. Oh, do you think Ricky
1: Rubio deferred to Devin Booker? I mean, Rubio isn't a scoring point guard by any means, but it's like Devin Booker was the offensive force on that team. SGA is not the same as Devin Booker. Maybe Mm -hmm. Rubio's points are going to go up. Maybe he gets more shots. Like maybe this is actually not the worst thing in the world for this guy. So I think... I think that CP3 and Devin Booker, that partnership will be great. It'll be sort of similar to how Chris Paul played with Harden. So I don't think it's going to be like that different from what he's shown in the past. I do think Rubio's shots could go up.
0: Yeah, um, a- I
1: don't know what to say about Oubre. Um, I think that DeAndre Aiton is going to benefit from this. now that's easy to say because it's like yeah well he's a young player and he's also got more experience now so you should assume improvement absolutely for sure but the best thing for a young big is to have a good point guard when you have a good floor general it just because he will help how the team operates to such an extent that the the center like doesn't have to cover as much shit you know so it's like CP3 is going to make sure that Aiton gets buckets early and keeps Aiton, you know, alive on defense. Devin Booker is going to have the best player he's ever played with, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, How I don't think that, you would that's... assume that makes him better? Maybe more efficient. Um, well, and maybe he the defense be... will improve, right? <laughs> which is nice.
0: Yeah, and for the Aiton thing, I mean, it helps to not only have a, a good point guard, it also helps to have the guy who founded Lob City. Like, the- Yeah, great point. DeAndre Ayton is is going to get buckets uh, from from CP three, and he's also going to get shouted out from CP three. I feel, I feel like Ayton's going to get ridiculed and lectured a fair amount on the court. But hey, I am here for it,
1: dude. But it didn't seem like anyone in the Thunder last season like hated Chris Paul's guts. No, like he might I, be a taskmaster, but like he's at a level right now where I mean he's over ten years older than the other players. Like they're going to see him as the point god and treat him with such respect that I think it'll work out. Like he's the mentor, you know, he's Obi-Wan They're They're not going to fuck with him. Maybe they'll get tired of it after a couple of years, but after one year, no way. Like, like they want I'm, him
0: there. All I'm saying is that the best team from the bubble just yeah. got better. Fact, hard no. agree. Great point. The, the sun's, the Suns 2021 season is looking pretty fucking sweet, dude. And not for nothing,
1: Chris Paul is the most efficient mid-range shooter in the league. Um, he still has it. This is going to really help Mikhail Bridges also, we should say, because now you have, even though Rubio could find him, obviously, and he, Bridges is another young player, so hopefully he's going to improve just naturally. But now that you have an offensive threat, like cp3 there alongside booker that should open things up for bridges a little bit more and make things easier so the young sons are really going to benefit from this i think i i think it's a good trade for
0: everyone involved really yeah i agree uh all right we're going to talk about the bucks and the moves that they made but before we do that we are going to take a quick ad break you ready Showtime. All right, we are back. And last night, while we were all sleeping, Wooj's fingers were constantly going, and we had a flurry of trades go out, <laughs> that which <sounds> is
1: weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does, it does. My phrasing was poor in that sense. Uh, just keep
1: going and trade through it. Just power,
0: buddy. power through it. Yeah. Uh this is exactly what's going to happen tonight. Tonight we're gonna we're gonna go to bed. This podcast will be recorded and it's and it's gonna you know get published and it'll go out <laughs> and then at midnight tonight is gonna be like Harden traded to you know the Nets and, and Westbrook's traded to the Wizards. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, uh, Giannis retires. <laughs> Giannis retires in a shocking development. <laughs> uh, so yeah so the bucks the bucks have gone all in in trying to get Giannis pieces trying to make sure that he is going to stay in Milwaukee for the rest of his career they traded a whole bunch of shit uh Eric Bledsoe George Hill and three I think the final thing was three future first round picks to the Pelicans for and two pick swaps I think oh my god and two pick swaps good lord and then they also with the uh with the Sacramento Kings did a sign and trade they sent uh Dante Divincenzo. Erson is Ilyasova and DJ Wilson to the Kings for Bogdan Bogdanovich, a guy who we are very high on. We, oh, yes. we love ourselves some Bogdan. This seems natty to be a terrific recipe for the Bucks because you now have a basically a much better Eric Bledsoe at point guard in Drew Holiday. Fact. Yep. And you have Bogdanovich, who can be that just like spot up three-point shooter who hangs around the perimeter while also still driving, while also can still get buckets in the paint, but can be another perimeter weapon to help spread that defense out so that Giannis, when driving, has options to pass out to. Bogdan is one of the best
1: high-volume three-point shooters in the NBA. Um, and he's one of the best. Playmakers, and he has good size. He is a brilliant addition. We loved him in Sacramento, and the Kings just, you know, never really wanted. Kings to... just kinged him away. Yeah, I mean, so whatever. Let's not talk about that. um But
0: <laughs> no one, he's... no one improved on the Kings. <laughs> this is not a Kings, uh, a Kings trade. This is a purely Bucks trade. Absolutely. Let's just focus
1: on things that we consider to not be stupid. Adding. <laughs> An incredible outside scorer to a Giannis team is a good idea. He and Chris Middleton together are going to be dynamite out there on the perimeter. Drew Holiday, according to other players in the NBA, including Kevin Durant is the best defender at his position. He shoots way better than Eric Bledsoe. So yeah, you're right. That is just a complete upgrade over Bledsoe. It costs a lot, but things cost a lot when you make costly mistakes they never should have let go of malcolm brogdon they never should have given the contract to eric bledsoe they made some really bad draft decisions like dj wilson who even though i love he's not an impact player um they this is sort of erasing the past four years of decisions really aside from brooke lopez and giving Giannis a team that makes sense. They have outside shooting. They have good defense. They have playmaking. This is a better team than uh, the team that, you know, storms through the East. So if I'm Giannis, I love this. I absolutely love it. But I don't think that the team is done. Uh, they're going to be, because of the sign and trade, they're going to be up against the hard cap. So they're going to be a little bit, limited in people that they can add um you know brolo in the playoffs couldn't play sometimes i think you're going to need to have a different type of front court player there that you can play but you know think about that down the road you don't need to have your full team at the beginning of the season you that's what the mid-season trade season is for so I think this is great. I love Bogdan there. I really do. I think he's going to be so, so, so good with Giannis. He's almost, this is going to sound weird, but he's like a, a, a B level Luca, you know, like he's a tall playmaker, um, who plays that a little a bit hack- weird? High
0: praise, there, good sir. I know,
1: like Luca's so good, maybe, but
0: but we've loved Bogdan for a long time, the,
1: and it's like he's, I mean, look, he's a great look. distributor. He can shoot from outside. He he's a white European.
0: That's, there you go. That's, too that's yep. the
1: connection right there, and the fact that. Now you don't really have to pray for Eric Bledsoe to be good because you know you have Drew Holiday, like that right. can score forty points in the playoffs.
0: Like that's just such a load off. Uh, it's that team never is good going to be, be relying. Extremely dangerous. Yeah, it's never good to be relying on Eric Bledsoe to like yeah. that. That you need him to do something for for this team to succeed. Yeah. So this is, I mean, all the pieces are great here. We've t- we obviously are super high, and I think the biggest fantasy benefactor is Bogdan Bogdanovich because I mean the guy is just going to get so many opportunities so many good open looks because you can't there is no way that defenses are going to be able to respect him on the perimeter while trying to defend Giannis like either Giannis is going to have one-on-ones against centers driving to the lane which he's going to win every single time or defenses are going to have to rotate and collapse which leaves Bogdan Bogdanovich why it's really hard to say just one part of that name you have to say the full name he is a Agreed, full name yeah. player yeah you just can't say Bogdanovich you gotta say Bogdan Bogdanovich um anyways he's just gonna be left on the perimeter to shoot I love Drew Holiday he was uh he carried my fantasy team to to greatness this last year and uh I think that I think this move also is fantastic for him because it go it it's perfect for both teams because it helps the Pelicans kind of like fully embrace all of their youth. I think now Lonzo ball obviously is going to be much more involved, involved unless they move him question mark. Uh, yeah. I mean, you I'd think still, so
1: I'd still sell while he's like, high. like if he has another year where his shooting only improves a little bit like that's yeah. I'd, I'd get the fuck rid of him. But that's also because I feel like you can find, Fairly competent point guards, sure. fairly easily. But whatever that you're completely right about, Drew. Also, Drew is going to a better team for where he's at age-wise. Right, like, exactly. Ingram the and Zion mesh. are babies. Yeah, totally. And you know, Giannis is still young, but it's not. But he's a veteran at this point. I mean, this is what his eighth season. God, um, is that is that true? he was 2013 basketball
0: basketball fucking ages and and like just when they enter the league blow my mind i can't function with them it's It's crazy oh my god what is it yeah it's his one two three four five six seven yeah this will be his eighth year his eighth year absolutely nuts i have 15th pick (laughs)
1: um the bucks got better here's the thing though if Bud doesn't change his style of coaching, at least in the playoffs, that team is still going to fucking lose. Oh. Like now they have less depth. So it, you're, which is not to say they shouldn't have done these trades. You should definitely do right. these trades. You'll be able to find other players. Um, George Hill was one of, if not the most efficient three-point shooter last year. So that that's that hurts, you know, like you don't want to give up shooting. Sure. Um, but like, you'd rather have Bogdan Bogdanovich in a vacuum. So, uh, I have
0: to give I have to give a shout out to Jackson Frank uh, at Jack Frank underscore jjf on Twitter who said and this is incredible he said the Bucks are getting rid of their entire bench so Bud has no choice but to play his starters 48 minutes in the playoffs
1: I mean that's funny
0: that's fu- and, I mean that's what he's doing that's what right doing. on
1: that's 100 so what they're doing <laughs> like you just if if Bud doesn't budge then they have to fire him. Because that's just oh. completely unacceptable. You, you can't coach that way. You can't be right. like, yeah, well, this is our system. Like, no, motherfuckers, the playoffs. You don't that's, have a system. Your I'm system sorry, why are you is, not playing your players? Win. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um. So, well, on the other hand, Giannis did get hurt. <laughs> but uh, all of this is good news for Milwaukee. I, I assume that they wouldn't have made these moves without Giannis saying, I'll definitely resign if you do this or he already told them he'd resign, but you know, maybe not, maybe this is just balls to the wall. Uh, either way, it's great. And, you know, Sacramento still needs to figure out who they are because they sort of refuse to build around De'Aaron Fox properly. So maybe these are just more assets they can use to actually fundamentally get better. I don't know how they do that, but like, if they, if Buddy Healed still isn't allowed to start, then you sort of have to, trade in because you can't have that much money on the bench for a team that doesn't make the playoffs right um so the kings still have interesting moves to make but yeah (laughs) this is this is great for it i mean new orleans just now has more options so why not king's ransom
0: uh all right before the nba draft is going to be wednesday as you are listening to this and so we're going to natty wrote an article out on fake teams you should definitely go read it he has his seven most intriguing NBA prospects in this draft, ranging all over uh, the draft. You have some lottery picks. You have uh, some guys who are going in the second round. But we're just going to talk about your four most interesting prospects. Uh, and so why don't you just start us off, Natty. Give me, give me the four names, and we'll, and we'll talk through them. Who are the four guys that you're most intrigued about what, uh, seeing where they go and just their NBA po- uh, potential careers in this draft?
1: Well, my favorite player is Devin Vassell. I just think that he is an archetypal three and D guy. I think he's going to be incredibly above average in the NBA, not an all-star unless he reaches his full potential, but a guy that everybody would like to have on their team, sort of like a Danny Green at his apex, just a dude that you can plug and play. You know, he can play with stars, he can play on the wing, he defends well, he can shoot um he's the guy i want the pistons to draft like he's not a number one draft pick by any means right uh he just doesn't have that his ceiling isn't that high unless something drastically changes but i think he's gonna end up being one of the most valuable players in this draft when all is said and done um he's projected you know after the fifth pick some people have him going like a little bit later, but I I would be surprised if he makes it out of the top 10 because everybody wants these wings, right? Mm-hmm. And so him and Sadiq Bey, I think, are two of the safest players in the draft. They're both 3 and D guys. They would just be such good additions to a lot of these teams that already have stars and are looking for complementary pieces. Like a lot of these teams, now that the... the Lottery is really more like a lottery. Like the Minnesota Timberwolves, like they don't need James Wiseman. They're not going to pick him with the number one pick. And it seems like from all these mocks and what people are saying, it seems like they're going to go with Anthony Edwards rather than Lamelo Ball. Because even if Lamelo Ball has a higher ceiling, if he can't shoot, that doesn't help Big Cat. And Big Cat is the next Giannis-like player who's going to be, you know, capable of requesting a trade. So Minnesota has to do everything they can to try to build a team around him. Having a point guard can't shoot next to D'Angelo Russell isn't a way to make your team that much better. Like you, they had Robert Cuffington and everyone who listens to this knows how much we love big Bob. Uh, So, and they don't anymore. So like, let's get perimeter help. Let's get defense. Let's get scoring let's do anything except get a guy who can't shoot (laughs) so or get a big who's like not going to be able to play as much because so i sort of feel like anthony edwards is the only high potential pick that they could possibly make um let's see who else do i like Patrick Williams is a raw three and D guy, but a lot of people like him. Um, he could go like top him. ten. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the teams that we sort of consider smart and good development teams seem to have their eyes on him. Um, a team like the Cavs should absolutely take a wing. Like they they shouldn't take a guard or big. They should just take a wing. You think but, though?
0: I feel like they they have a lot of holes at in the backcourt and frontcourt.
1: <laughs> and it's like they and they're going they to you know they're going to take
0: a guard they're going to take a guard <sighs> dude it's going to when that fucking... team is untouchable like who are you building around it's going to blow it's... everyone's minds when they take a guard uh,
1: yeah it's it's a little brutal i'm sort of wondering you know can you package that pick with kevin love for something like what <sighs> i i I mean, I feel like every team should almost trade their pick, but the Hawks are in an interesting situation because they have a lot of youth already. They have stars, but those stars have foibles. They have John Collins, but is he an apex predator like Bam, you know, mm-hmm. or like Pascal Siakam? Like, is, it, There's still a lot of question marks there aside from Trey Young, I think. So they... They could do anything. If they wanted to play it safe, they would go with, you know, like Topin or one of these sort of oversized wings that can really help Trey out on the perimeter. Um Isaiah Joe, I love, but he's not like a top 10 pick, probably. But he's one of the best shooters in the draft. He might be the best shooter in the draft. And then there's a guy named Tyrese Halliburton who I just think is fire, and like I think he would be a good running mate with Trey in Atlanta. I think he would be a pretty good compliment to anybody with a good guard who already has a good guard in their backcourt. Um, and I don't know, like if let's say the Wizards actually made that trade, love it.
0: I'm here for it. What would gonna, you I'm, want... I'm going to put all positive vibes always out there for the Wizards trading a banged up athletic <laughs> point guard for another banged up athletic point guard.
1: Right. So yeah, and if you're Bradley Beal, are you like, wait? Do I <laughs> would I rather
0: wait. play with Westbrook? Do I like than Wall? this or do I not like? Hang this? on.
1: <laughs> so it would be Westbrook, Wall, Rihachimura, Thomas, Bryant. Oh, the Laffey Laser. If they yep. resign him. Like, there's, I mean, that's another team that could use, you know, like, a perimeter defender at the very least. But if, let's say, like, one of the, I mean, if Wiseman fell, then the Wizards would have to take him because he's probably going to be better than Thomas Bryant anyway. I do sort of feel like Wiseman is going to go to Golden State. It just makes so much sense. Yeah, that that does make so much sense. Like, if they didn't do
0: that, It would be kind of crazy. Like, who would they take instead? I have no idea. No, the Wiseman to Golden State just it. It's the only reason I feel like is unless the Timberwolves take him, but that doesn't make sense either. It just feels like that is a situation where a player who needs to develop his offensive game, who can't, you know, is is could be the guy, but for his best development probably would be best for him to not be the guy right out of the gate. And there's no better team for that. Plus you just get a a young athletic big, which is something that the warriors have kind of rotated through. Uh, Now that also could play into it in that the warriors have had so much success with rotating their bigs and, you know, with kind of getting, you know, they like resurrected JaVale McGee's career. Uh, can't forget about that. And so they could be something where they don't see that position as, as, worth the second overall pick but this draft is such a crapshoot that it's like go get your guy and see what happens right if
1: anthony edwards is not taken number one overall then the warriors have the option to either get a big which they sort of feel are fungible or they can get a guy who might be able to turn into an offensive force and then at that point you're like okay well we have this kid and we have wiggins like what can we do with these two assets should we keep them should we combo them to get something better um that would give them more options maybe so maybe that is the smarter thing to do depending but i just sort of feel like the money you're going to spend on a big and free agency is probably better spent on a guy who could end up being the best player in the draft like this mm-hmm. and the, the warriors aren't going to be in this position again no, for a long they're... time Right. So you either trade the pick to try to get a haul. You know, if you trade the number two with Wiggins, that should get you something really good. Um, Or you go, you know, you shoot for the fences. It's, but like LaMelo doesn't make any sense there. So addition by subtraction, or or it just means that like Wiseman's the only guy that
0: really makes sense for them. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, All right, Natty, before we go, do you have any like one? bold or just or inclining as to what's going to happen uh in the draft do you have anyone who you're just like man this i hope this happens or i think that this is going to happen
1: that's funny because i had a similar question for you and i kind of want to turn the tables what do you think this is more likely the celtics use all three of their first round
0: picks or they don't they're trading traded multiple they're trading they're trading those picks i i uh Oh, quick little breaking news. Uh, The Hawks are in play to get Gordon Hayward. So (laughs) we'll see what happens there. Gordon Hayward for Trey Young. You heard it here first. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's funny. That's
0: what's happening. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that the Celtics, I don't think that Danny Ainge is going to stay put at all three picks and use all three picks. I feel like he's going to pack them. I've heard a lot of rumors that they are – uh, super into, and I'm going to absolutely butcher his name, but Anyika Onku Wu. Did I get that? Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So to- Wu?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's there great. He's and so, super good. And so they could be, they could, you know, package one or, you know, package two or, or I don't know if you would need both first round, all three first round picks, but they would package two of them to move up in the draft to get him. I've heard that before. Um, so I just, and then just given Danny Age's, Trader Danny's, uh, track record i i have a hard time believing that they are going to stay pat at all three and pick at those spots but that also would be the most any age thing to do is to just be like no we're going to completely turn the tables and uh go against all expectation
1: yeah if they're shopping hayward and that sort of suggests to me that maybe they're also shopping Kemba, then who the hell knows what could happen
0: yeah yeah but hayward, Kemba's an undersized guard gone. i
1: mean even when that right. trade happened right. it was like I yeah know. but he's also you know under six feet tall
0: so kemba i mean uh hayward's gone hayward they've they pushed his time to opt in opt out uh till thursday which to me just means that they're they're trading him uh in the next like 48 hours and and kemba it's it's sad that that you know undersized guard who was unable to stay healthy uh gets traded after 1 year in Boston despite the fact that he was like loved in the locker room and loved by Boston fans uh or at least loved by this Boston fan then uh but you understand that i mean it's it's a business and you
1: know like you can be as good as you want in the regular season when the playoffs hit yeah your weaknesses get exposed and it is a weakness having an undersized guard this is the problem that Atlanta is going to face for the next 10 years with Ice Trey. And it's why they need to try to def- su- surround him with capable defenders, because he's just not going to be able
0: to get at these dudes. Yep. So, you got to do, you got to do the uh, uh, Golden State Warriors. You got to pair Steph Curry with uh, Clay Thompson. You got to find Trey Young, his Clay Thompson. And that's,
1: it's not like it's impossible. I mean, Gordon Hayward three years ago was a two guard, you know, small yeah. forward combo. So um, life happens fast in the NBA. All of, you know, like who, who knows what Bledsoe's, where Bledsoe's going to be in two months time. Who, who knows where any of these play, who knows where Derek Rose will be? Who knows where Blake Griffin will be? Who knows where everyone on the Bulls will be? Um, one team i haven't really heard a lot about recently is dallas and dallas always does something they're going to do something yeah um so i there's still going to be a lot of moves made but you know one thing that has been shown is that you can play a new nba style while still being huge the lakers showed that um they're going to try to repeat it And everybody else is going to have to wake up to the fact that basketballers are still huge motherfuckers. And even if you have a dynamo at the point, if he's under 6'2", that's always going to be a problem in the playoffs.
0: Always agreed all right well there you go that's all we got for you this week make sure you subscribe to the fate teams podcast wherever you get your podcast itunes spotify stitcher that is how you'll not only get us uh but also our fantasy football and fantasy baseball podcasts. you can follow us on twitter at the long to podcast make sure you do so uh natty until next week stay safe you do the same be healthy everybody